Welcome to Spider-Verse Minute, the tri-weekly podcast where we watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse one minute at a time. I'm Caroline Slater. And I'm her brother, Sean. And today we are talking about Minute 28. It starts with Miles seeing the panel that Spider-Man talked about earlier and ending with Kingpin killing Spider-Man. What did you end up naming this minute? I named it They're Gone. That's a very good name. Yeah. (laughs) It's got that double meaning to it. Yeah. So what notes did you start with this? I started with the really tiny light all the way up there. (laughs) (laughs) I love just like, um, like, I I think this sort of, um, his facial expressions here really shows just like how he's kind of, um, almost resigned to being Spider-Man now. Yeah. Like, he, he's just got this, like, confused look as, like, he's trying to find it. He sees the light, and it's just like, Oh, man. <sighs> I gotta get up there now. Yeah, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> it's it's a, a great moment from the animators, the animators, that they do a great job of showing what Miles is thinking without having any kind of voiceover or, or text box or, or anything. Yeah. Like, you can just tell. I also feel the need to point out that I wrote in my notes, specifically, Miles sees panel. It's far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's. I, I like how it is just, be, like, we saw it earlier with um, um, when Peter was originally trying to go plug in the, the doohickey into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, 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 you know, it's a decent sized panel. It's, you know, bigger than his head. Yeah. And then you look at it from here, and it's so tiny. It's like, oh, I, I think I see it. <laughs> like, um, I did want to ask you, and this might be just me looking too far into it, but do you think it might be like a metaphor for Miles's journey? Uh, I mean, if you ask an English teacher, it's a it's a metaphor for his journey. <laughs> As an English teacher, this how, is how definitely far... symbolic. <laughs> <laughs> and how far you know his ultimate destination is away. Um, but yeah, I think you could definitely see like, um, you could see it as a, Hey, this isn't going to be, you know, an easy thing for him to do. It's not like he's got to you know, pop over, plug it in, head on out. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to take a bit of effort. And, and I think the like interruption that happens when Kingpin walks up to him or not to him, to, to Peter, like when they, when he hears them, uh, showing up is, you know, could be seen as that, like, okay, this is, he's going to take a roundabout way to get back here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a, a very cool, whether they intended it or not, way to show that, like, Miles has a long way to go. Yeah, definitely, it's, you could, when you think of, like, the, the, uh, what is it, the death of the author, mm-hmm. um, of, like, you know, once a piece is out in the world. The, the author really doesn't have any input on what its meaning is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely, I, I don't think it, it was something that they were intentionally like being this me, like this is here to symbolize his, you know, journey. There's a lot of things, you know, could, could be pointed to with like the, you know, the colors earlier of the two of Peter and Miles is like spider sense is syncing up. Yeah. Um, like, you know, that's very, a deliberate, symbolism but you know this is a non-deliberate symbolism that you know it's definitely an interpretation that 
you don't really have to stretch like you know the lampshade is blue because they're sad (laughs) (laughs) i liked um you know speaking of the the kingpin's interruption i i liked how we see it from like we see a lot of it from these like hidden points of view and like miles's Mm -hmm. point of view initially where you see him kind of like crawl up and and you know they pretty much essentially shrink the you know frame of what we're watching kingpin through because they have the um the 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 girders blocking off parts of it um and so it feel you feel very detached from him talking to tombstone and the scientist um and telling them to get oh is that is that his bodyguard's name yeah tombstone um he's another villain I figured that was his name, but like I didn't bring it up in my notes. But what what, what was I calling him last night in my head? He was it, it's was it's, it Frankenstein? He no, very much like Frankenstein. He does look like Frankenstein. No, it was it was the um, butler from Adam's Family. Lurch. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like there. There is a one of the recent storylines in Miles's comic. He mm-hmm. they d- do a um, like the, it. It revolves around Tombstone. Uh, kidnapping powered kids or at least kidnapping kids and like giving them suits to make them powered um Mm. to like sell them off to the highest bidder kind of thing he's a bit scarier in there than he is in this movie this movie he's just kind of like there he's just kind of a background bodyguard character yeah um and they don't really have him do too much but Mm. so just curious like he this minute doesn't really focus on it but since we brought him up i'm just very curious in the comics, is he also Kingpin's bodyguard, or is he just a character? Um, I'm not sure. Right now in the comics, like, Kingpin is, I think, mayor of mm. New York or something. So, like, of course he is. he's one of the, like, you know, head, head, heads of a gang kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so he might be, like, working for Kingpin under the table kind of thing. But there, there at least in that story arc, there wasn't an explicit relationship between the two. Okay. I was just curious. I'm not sure how they're related outside of... That storyline. Yeah. Okay. Going back to the minute and to Kingpin, you brought up these lines. I, I want to talk very briefly about them because, I mean, they're pretty obvious, but I think it's a very cool sort of foreshadowing is not the right word, but sort of just kind of telling the audience, like, hey, you know, obviously we saw how serious the test was, but uh, the first line we hear from Kingpin after Miles Hides is uh we're done with tests yeah get that thing ready to go again and soon and so you you get a a time crunch now yeah it's it's not exactly clear who he's talking to in these parts either because he he says like tombstone we're done with the tests and then get that thing ready to go again but like he's facing the um scientist as he's saying that Mm -hmm. Um, I did appreciate the line after that. Oh yeah, these guys are weak. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are compared to him, but that's a still. Yeah, and then they go back and forth with their punning a little bit, which I always love. The like, how Spider-Man's how business, and he's just like booming. Oh, yeah. Um, and Sp- I love Spider-Man's just like nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it does seem to be a sort of. Uh, you can tell that they've been there the wrong time that they can be quippy with each other. Yeah, like like he he Kingpin's not put off by like Spider Man's quippiness. No, like he just serves it right back. <laughs> yeah. 
the the next big note I had though was the when he takes off the mask, the, un- the unmasking of Peter. Yeah, the yeah. first oh, thing I wrote down. Da- yeah, that's a no no, and I'm like, really? That's your first thought. <laughs> um, when I'm watching it now, the first time I watched it, I think I let out an audible gasp. Actually, yeah, the very first time, I'm like, <gasps> it's it's a very intense isn't the right word and i don't think shocking is the right word but it it, it almost catches you off guard it's unexpected yeah like, like i i really didn't usually expect, expect them to just like kill him yeah. and then that's it or something but i'm and i i'm not exactly sure how um in the like ultimates universe i i i don't remember how peter dies i know mm-hmm. at that point though he's already like unmasked yeah um he revealed his identity earlier he pulled so, an iron man but the the thing i laughed about was i had just recently I, i'm reading through miles's ultimate run like mm-hmm. his original run and at one point the the 616 peter travels into his universe so this is after like miles's peter dies and then like another peter shows up <laughs> And he doesn't know that he switched universes either. Oh, um, oh my gosh. And then suddenly, like, yeah, and then suddenly, like, Miles shows up. So there's this other guy dressed as a Spider-Man. And, like, they start fighting each other. And the thing <laughs> they do is both of them try to take each other's masks off. <laughs> and they're both, like, uh, Peter says something very, very similar to, like, that's a no-no. Like, as Miles tries to take his mask off initially. <laughs> And then, like, <laughs> Peter manages to take Miles's mask off, and he's like, dude, we're in, like, like they, they fall down or go through public or something, like, you know, they'll see me, like, <laughs> we're in public, because Miles's, is, you know, identity isn't revealed, so yeah. it was just, it was really funny, and um, to be just like, like, I'm like, oh, I just, you know, had a similar thing where they're like, nope, can't take each other's masks <laughs> off. <laughs> so now that that sidebar's done. I really like the way this scene is shot. It's first off, they make Kingpin massive. Yeah, which like is... he doesn't even fit in the frame. No, which is great. Which is yeah, it really is. But it definitely makes him more menacing, if that's even like possible. Obviously, it is. But it makes him very menacing. But I also particularly like uh, the line where Peter is talking about how you can't or that uh, it's gonna blow a black hole underneath Brooklyn machine. And it's it's a very like distant shot, it's very muffled. It almost gives this sense of like hopeless reasoning that Peter's trying to do. Yeah, is that shot one from uh Miles's point of view? It looks like or... it might be, but I, I couldn't tell for sure. Yeah, I I like how um they do a really good job of just like kind of like softening his face he doesn't look like angry like i don't know he just looks kind of like pleady almost yeah like he's pleading with him like don't do this this will also like destroy your home too kind of thing mm-hmm. um and then like kingpin's next line sort of is like a hey this is you know we're gonna hint at what what the real reason is yeah. where he says it's not always about the money yeah peter's like it can't be worth the risk and kingpin responds it's not always about the money spider-man and then he's like, um, you could kind of see how Peter's mental calculations are going on here. Because mm-hmm. at first he's like, okay, we're going to go with the black hole bit. Okay, that didn't work. And then so he's, so 
he just jumps to like i know what you're doing like i, I or like i saw well before you know, he does that i, I like I this this i want to bring up this moment because it's a very cool um like panicky moment on his part so prowler yeah. starts walking up and first thing i want to point out is that when they're showing prowler's claw i'm just gonna call them claws i know they're more gloves but i'm gonna call them claws yeah his claws uh, when his claw and he starts walking forward, I don't know if you caught this, but at 38 seconds, there's a very muffled version of the Prowler theme. Yeah. Like the beginning of it. And I th- I never caught that before, but I thought that was just such a very neat touch. Yeah, they use it a, 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 like a bunch of places Yeah, where it's like, okay, you know, something's about to happen soon. So we'll like, you know, prep, you know, we're going to soft lob this to you and i'd be like hey remember that prowler dude here he is uh, um, yeah i think i think that's actually one of my favorite like motifs they use is it's the, a great the muffled prowler and just like it's the like hey this isn't him like doing something very um like boisterous mm-hmm. but it's just like hey this is like you know w- when you have the um you know the gangster make the like innuendo about like i'd hate for you to have to take a swim later tonight mm-hmm. um kind of thing and it's sort of him doing that of just the like you know soft threat where mm-hmm. like i'm not going to overtly say anything but yeah um, like you can tell he's yeah. about to do something and what yeah. backs this up is peter looks over prowler and then kind of looks back to kingpin and like panically says don't you want to see what i saw in there or don't you want to know what yeah. i saw in there <laughs> yeah and like that's the um that kind of like calculations that i was talking about yeah yeah he goes from you know okay let's go this one way that didn't work okay we'll go like a bit more towards it and then uh i i do love the (laughs) they do the um the trope of like say something to get the like villain to stop (laughs) yeah (laughs) but wait (laughs) and it's Uh, like okay i'll wait it's like like, like, okay hold on Although I do love the idea that, like, not the idea, but, like, the insinuation that Prowler is just going to ice him right there. Right then and <laughs> without, there. Without, like, Kingpin, like, saying anything. Like, Kingpin, he just would be like, okay, time to hurt him. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been, like, on Kingpin's command. Yeah, like, maybe. it just kind of would have happened. But he would have just been like, well, you know, that happens. <laughs> but I do appreciate that they did this because I think it makes this next moment more poignant yeah more poignant i i I like how spider-man's just trying to be like um like you can tell he's sort of speaking from the heart there Mm -hmm. um because of how like he lost his uncle ben so he knows what kingpin's going through in that at least i could see peter seeing like even though kingpin's a bad guy it was like because of his own actions slash you know inaction that caused the death of his loved ones mm-hmm. um that then like you know that's sort of what happened and so peter knows how that felt or knows what that felt like and so you can you can really like feel the um the like hey you know it's what you're trying to do like it's it's just not gonna work don't um you know not get over it but like like this is not the way. This is not the way to to do deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And Kingpin's first off, in a great example of someone being in denial. 
about it. Yeah, just how it, like, he's like, it's not going to work. He's like, nope, smash. Yeah, well, uh, that, that was the other thing. Like, that, the way they showed Kingpin's anger. Actually, yeah, I was going to say, wouldn't he be in the, the angry stage? It's a bit of a combination of the two, because he's in denial about never getting them back. Yeah. And then so when someone faces, like Peter points out that, look, it's just not going to happen, it just makes him enraged because he's in that much denial about it. Yeah. But that, that scene, I remember the first time I saw that scene. I'm going to talk a lot about the first time I saw this movie in these next few minutes, just because um, we're getting to what I call the get the tissues ready, where <laughs> these the, the next few minutes... Every time I have seen the movie, I have cried. Uh, and this this one is not one of them, but it still makes my heart jump every time I see that wind-up of Kingpin, and there's just that flash of that very comic, and you can tell it's anger, and that smash down, and then just silence. Yeah, the thing I liked about this was it's a very violent death. Like, it really is. Yeah, and it's also like, this will sound very weird, but it's nice to see the villain do that for once. Right? <laughs> no, it's just like, <laughs> like, it's not nice to see him die. No, I know nice exactly to, what you mean. There's always that threat of like, oh yeah, the villain's gonna, gonna kill the hero. Um, and it's nice to see them actually like kill a big named hero. Usually yeah. it's just like, oh, the girlfriend will get fridged or something. But yeah. This time, Peter got to get fridged. This and this one, this one is a little bit of a, a critique with not all kids movies, but I feel like some more recent kids movies. Um, like I think this is very much in the realm of like I don't know. Like I kind of think of like Scar, but even then, I don't think it's the same way. Like this is a full on. This is in Kingpin's hands. Like he doesn't. Yeah. Send it off to. I, th- I think the reason I'm thinking scars because it's like, oh, well, he killed Mufasa, but I'm like, he just threw Mufasa into the wildebeest. The wildebeest um, killed Mufasa. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, yes, his but it's was like, a, and his action used, led to. Yeah, the... like he used something else to end up getting the kill. So, like, yes, he did kill Mufasa, but it's not like he flat out like killed Mufasa in a battle. Where yeah. here, Kingpin, that's just was the first example that came to mind. It, kind of similar to like in Star Wars, either the like, you know, Qui Gon Darth Maul fight mm-hmm. or even like the Obi Wan, um, Obi Wan Darth, Darth Vader fight in, in both uh, three and in four. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it's similar to those where, you know, the villain slash good guy i guess yeah. in the case of three but like um yeah so i guess it's more similar to like the the obi-wan darth vader fight in four where yeah. the um, they're doing the it themselves doing it yeah directly themselves but yeah. it's um like those those weren't really like violent whereas this one's like i know violence happened but they mm-hmm. weren't extremely violent acts in the, the way that this one is just him crushing him yeah and, and this one isn't exactly the same but i did when i saw the remake of aladdin um mm-hmm. one thing i really kind of appreciated them doing was uh with jafar they have a scene where he just straight up picks up a guy and throws him down a well and yeah. i'm like oh my Does gosh him? 
Like, huh? Does he does he yell what what nation state they're in when he does that? No. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I don't remember that on the animated version. And like, yeah, you get the sense that like Jafar or like these like you get the feeling that they actually kill someone, but they never actually do it. They do it through something else. Yeah. This is really the first time I'm like, oh wow, they show that Kingpin is not afraid to get his hands dirty, which makes yeah. him so much more terrifying. And the other thing I liked about this one too was um, they didn't show it, like they didn't show the the contact, but they also didn't have to. Yeah. And like I, like I have a bit of an issue with a lot of um, like games and movies and kind of TV shows these days, and I I, I feel like a lot of times they're in like a um, it feels like they're trying to be edgy teenagers mm-hmm. sort of thing where it's like, oh yeah, we got to show the blow. And like um, Deadpool can kind of like slip into this sometimes yeah. where um, it's just like, it feels like violence for violence sake. And like, oh, we're just going to show the blood everywhere because that's cool. cool. Um, and you don't like always have to show that. No. Um, and like this one, they it it's bothersome when they like, it's clearly like if they wouldn't move the camera it would show it but then they like pan away and sometimes that's bothersome but like this one they frame it a very well they very cleverly get around even just a rating of this uh like a ratings problem with this in the sense that the way they cut away but you still get the impact and the terror of it is that they cut to miles's face yeah and the sheer Horror. I specifically wrote down um, at 56 seconds. Like, it is complete and utter terror in Miles' face. Yeah, and shock. And it's, it's shock, it's horror, it's terror. Like, he is going through so many emotions. Um, at one point, I'm like, this boy's gonna throw up <laughs> after what he saw. <laughs> but, like, when you think about it, it's like, he just saw a superhero... Someone he clearly has, like, admired. Well, I don't know if admired, yeah. but, like, has, like... Yeah, no, definitely. No... He definitely admires him and looks up to him. Yeah, as getting crushed to death. Yeah. And it's it's a very clever way, and not, like, a cheap way, like some... Like you were saying, like some movies or games go where they'll cut away and you'll just... Hear a well, scream or cut something. Away, but it's, it's, it's one they, like... It's clearly, like, you can see... Um, like both people are clearly in frame and mm-hmm. like as this the this you know killing blow is coming down they just pan the camera up yeah and the camera over or something whereas this one like they don't it's never framed in such a way where that happens where it's always you're seeing from like kind of in front of where peter is mm-hmm. um looking yeah. at kingpin and then when he swings down it cuts to miles and then it cuts back to his back and so there's no like panning of the camera to try to like hide it uh, uh, yeah obfuscate the the action but it's just like no this is where you are looking from this is all you get to see yeah it's not like you looked away yeah and even going off of that like when they even show peter's face you really only see him from like the shoulders up we don't get a full view of his torso unless it's being covered by kingpin so with those clever techniques and then the cutting of the way, it, it doesn't feel like, oh, they're trying to hide something. It definitely feels like a logical flow. 
The other thing I also love is that, like, by cutting to Miles, you realize how much he's seeing. Like, you can't then justify, like, well, Miles didn't actually see it. Like, he covered his eyes or he was hidden. He couldn't see it. Like, they clearly show he was watching. He saw everything. Yeah. And it, it definitely just, I think that's a big driving moment for Miles. This poor kid. <laughs> yeah. This poor kid. <laughs> I mean, we, we, yeah, these next couple of minutes are very oh, hard on him. And you definitely. So hard you know, on him. In a couple of minutes, find out how, how hard. Yeah, well, and um, like. It is. To, to quote the future, if, if, if I may quote um, Spider Noir in the future. This is a hardcore backstory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you really think about everything Miles has gone through, it's like, oh my gosh, this, how is he not, like, just absolutely depressed? <laughs> yeah. How has he been able to, like, that's impressive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a pretty hardcore backstory for a normal person. Yeah. It's kind of on par for uh, Spider-Man. You know, superhero no, origin that's story. true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm tearing up thinking of the scene because I know I'm going to cry later. <laughs> <laughs> I just have some animation points that I want to touch on as my last notes. Go for it. The first thing is that all of the lines on the on their faces, like the light lines they put across their faces is like part of the shadowing and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all done by hand on top of the, the CG performances and whatnot. So like they didn't, um, like they had to go back through and once all of this was like rendered, they went back over and hand drew those. Like I don't think they hand drew like each individual line, still. but they had to go back through and like you know frame by frame go through and put where the lines were. Oh, that's um, a process. And yeah, they were saying it, it was very slow. Uh, they were able to get about a second done of it per week, whereas <laughs> like normal pace for the animation was about four seconds per week. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think I remember um, in the animators commentary, they were talking about how like tricky it was for some of them because they're like for some of the hand-drawn bits mm-hmm. because it's so out of practice and like, they're just not used to, to, to doing it um, mm-hmm. because they like, Oh, you know, it was part of one of their intro classes and then they moved on to like how it's actually done these days. Um, the other thing they mentioned uh, about this bit was um, for Prowler. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the animators was talking about how they were worried about how um, he would turn out. Like they weren't sure if he would be intimidating enough uh, because he's got such big like hands and feet, um, and, and his he like his costumes could be like kind of easily become very silly. But yeah, um, yeah, they they were worried that he would turn out silly and just like not really look um intimidating enough and then this uh this scene was when like once they did all the lighting and then um the upcoming bit mm-hmm. they were like oh no yeah he, he can be he's scary know, they got this down once once you add like all the light effects and the sound effects um it definitely makes him much scarier he he's almost scarier than kingpin um i think really what kind of like puts him over the edge is that and this is going ahead a little bit and we can talk more about it later is that he's pretty much without hesitation starts chasing miles who's a kid 
Yeah, I like, think no I, he doesn't really know that though. No, but um, like even in later but, minutes, it's like without yeah. hesitation, just goes after this. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, um, I think like the difference between him and Kingpin is Kingpin is like menacing, mm-hmm. whereas Prowler is like scary. Prowler like, is the thing in the dark. That, yeah, um, I... <laughs> that you know that lives under under the bed, whereas Kingpin's. It's funny you bring that up, and I'll go more into this in the next minute, but just quick hint, sort of. I actually, in the next minute, compare Prowler to a Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and we'll get to yeah. that in the next minute, because that's where a lot of those parallels came up to me when I was doing taking notes. Yeah, well, I think that's a, a good teaser for, like you said, next minute. Uh, is there anything else you have? Not really. We covered everything I wanted to, and we got on a few rants. So, <laughs> <laughs> always, wonderful. Always a good episode when that happens. I think. <laughs> yeah. What wonderful! Then thank you for joining us this week. Uh, join us. Uh, well, not this week. <laughs> thank you for joining us this minute, <laughs> and uh, join us on Wednesday as we uh, watch minute twenty nine to see. Uh, you know, the beginning of the fallout of uh, Kingpin's actions. Thanks for listening. Bye.